Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary. I'm Father Reed. This week, we're going to look at the week of First Epiphany. First Epiphany. Now, what is Epiphany? Epiphany is a date on the calendar that's a fixed date, January the 6th. So we are now going to have the weeks after the Epiphany, the Epiphany. The Epiphany, Epiphany is a Greek word, Epiphanos, which means appearing. So Jesus is going to appear. He is going to show himself. He begins his ministry at age 30 as a rabbi, if you will. Uh, that's when they begin their ministry. He has grown up. He has matured. Uh, he is a single man, and he's on a mission from God to share the gospel for about a three-year period before he dies by crucifixion. And he is going to manifest himself to the world, the world being the, the uh, Judea and Galilee and uh, the area, the Samaritan uh, area, the coastline, uh, what is now present-day Israel. He is going to move around in those locations in Israel and outside of Israel. He even goes to Gentile territory, and he's going to reveal himself and share his message. Okay, the epiphany is that date on January the 6th where the Magi come and offer gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then we celebrate Sundays after the epiphany until we get to the Lenten season. All right. In the week of First Epiphany, on Sunday particularly, we celebrate the baptism of Jesus, which inaugurates his ministry, and the Holy Spirit comes down on him. The Father speaks, God the Father speaks. This is my beloved Son, uh, and with him I am well pleased. Uh, listen to him. And uh, the Holy Spirit empowers him. He's led into the desert where he uh, suffers temptation 40 days and 40 nights. But that's another story. And so this week we are looking at scriptures as you see in your program uh, from Isaiah. Now we looked at Isaiah last week at the end of Isaiah. Actually we finished with the 66th chapter. Now we are looking at Isaiah 40, 41, and 42, and 43. These are fabulous scriptures. Looking forward to sharing them with you. On Sunday we have Hebrews 1, 1 through 12 which is a fantastic verse. And then we look in the book of Ephesians. And those are just as good of verses as you can find. This, this uh, seven-day week of verses beginning from Hebrews 1, 1 to 3, 21 Ephesians are about as good as you can get. And I'm going to want to speak about them for a long, long time, but I know I only have a few minutes. And then finally, we look at the gospel reading. We have John chapter 1, which is the prologue. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then we start in the Gospel of Mark. Remember, we did Luke quite a bit for those of you that were with me uh, weeks and weeks ago. We studied Luke for a while, and now we are in the Gospel of Mark. All right, here we go. Isaiah chapter 40. Now, scholars divide the book of Isaiah into 1 through 39 and 40 to 66. Now, some people divide 40 to 66 into two components, um, but I'm just going to see it as a whole. But there's a real demarcation between 39 and then 40. He starts, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her. My, her warfare is ended. Her iniquity is pardoned. And that's good news when God pardons our iniquity. And she has received from the Lord's hand double for her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And that's John the Baptist. This is about 700 B.C., this, the prophecy. 
Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain hill shall be made low. The uneven ground, verse 4 of chapter 40, shall be come level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall... Verse 5, shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry. What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, verse 8. The flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. So again, what you want to do, Read these scriptures slowly. Be prayerful. There may be um, notes at the bottom of your page if you have a Bible that has study notes to get a little bit of understanding of the content if you do not understand. But this chapter 40 is just a very, very, very powerful chapter. The next day, we are looking at 12 to 23. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, verse 12, and marked off the heavens with a span, and closed the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the Spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him counsel? Whom did he consult? So he's just talking about how great he is and how powerful uh, the Lord is. And one of the things you and I want to remember as, as he reveals himself is how mighty, how great he is, how glorious he is. So he says in verse 18, to whom then shall, will you liken God and what likeness compare with him? An idol, verse 19, a craftsman casts it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts it for its silver chains. Do you not know, verse 21, do you not hear? Has it been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood for the foundations of the earth? He, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth, verse 22, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. So the one that circles uh, the earth, who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, he's in charge. He is Lord. He is sovereign. He is Lord of all. We are just little grasshoppers out here. To whom shall you compare me, verse 25? That I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift your eyes on high and see who created all these. Look around. Who created all this? Who brings out their host by number, calling them by name? By the greatness of his might, because he is strong in power, no one is missing. What do you say, O Jacob? What do you say, believer? What do you say, person who's listening to me now? What do you say about the Lord? And Isaiah gives us a beautiful picture. Isaiah 41, listen to me in silence, O coastlands, verse 1. Let the peoples renew their strength. You need to renew your strength. Do you need more strength? Renew them in the Lord. Let them approach. Let them speak. Let us draw together near for judgment. I am the first, end of verse 4, and with the last, I am he. Everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, be strong, verse 6. The craftsman strengthens the goldsmith, and he who smooths with the hammer, him who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldering, it is good. And they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, all great people, Isaac, Jacob, and Abraham, whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners. Now we're going back to Genesis, and God is telling you what he's done. So he tells you who he is. He tells you what he's done. He tells you who he is and how great he is and how wonderful he is. And then he tells you what he's done to prove and to show how great he is. Fear not, for I am with you, verse 10. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. Very comforting verse. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
a verse you may want to highlight in your Bible or at least be aware of in your Bible. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Verse 12, you shall seek those who contend with you. You shall not find them. Then who, th those who war against you shall be nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God. Hold your right hand. For it is I who say to you, fear not. I'm the one that helps you. I'm the one that helps you. I'm the one that wish you with you. I will fight for you. I will take care of you. I will keep you safe. These are wonderful words that the Lord gives us in Isaiah. In the second half, he talks about um, his care and his love and his concern for us. And this is in uh, chapter 41, 17 to 29. I stirred up one from the north, 25. And he has come from the rising of the sun. He shall call upon my name. He shall trample on rulers as on mortar, as the potter treads clay. Who declared it from the beginning that we should know and beforehand that we might say he is right. There was none who declared it, none who proclaimed, none who heard the, your words. I was the first to say to Zion, behold, how they are. And I give to Jerusalem a herald of good news. He's the one that makes all good happen. He's the one that comes up with these ideas. He's the one that comes up with these plans. He's the one that raises people up for our good and for our blessing and who takes care of us. But when I look, there is no other, verse 28, among those, among these, there is no counselor. Behold, they are all but a, a, a delusion. Their works are nothing. Their metal images are empty wind. Okay, so any idols, anything that in any way you believe, wrongly, of course, that they could help you, that they can answer, that they could control history, make history, that they could bless you, they could take care of you, are all false. They can't do anything. They don't even exist. They have no value. They have no power. 42, 10 to 17. Sing to the Lord a new song. Great way to live your life on a daily basis. He is, is praised from the end of the earth. You go down to the sea and all that fills it, the coastlands and the inhabitants. And then he says, let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. So we are glorifying God. We are praising God. We are worshiping God because he is great, because he is mighty, because he takes care of us, because he brings us salvation, because he delivers us, because he sets us free. And so Isaiah, this section right here is a beautiful exposition of why we should take the Lord seriously in our life because he has a record of doing good. He has a record of doing right. And based on who he is, that's enough for us. Even if he didn't do anything, that would be enough. But you couple that, you have this coupling where he is great and mighty and holy and loves us. And then you have the things that he does for us and you have that come together. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Finally, chapter 43 but now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, fear not if I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. I, you can't get better than that. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, they sh shall not burn you, and the flame shall not consume you. Okay, he just says, I'm willing to save you. I am willing to take care of you. When you go through the waters, I'm going to be with you. The rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you won't be burned. Talk about safety. Talk about taking care. Enjoy these great scriptures from Isaiah. And I just mentioned in passing very quickly because it's a very complicated verse. In Hebrews chapter 1, what you want to notice in verses 1 through 4 is how great Jesus is. Great way to start First Epiphany on Sunday. 
Long ago, at many times, in many ways, verse 1, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. He's done all those things. And making purification for sins, he sat down at, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to angels, so he's superior to angels and they're powerful, as the name he's inherited is more excellent than theirs. The name, the Son of God, the Son of David, the Son of Man, um, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but his name, Jesus, and the name, the Son of God, he is more powerful than any angel. And then he begins, the writer begins to say all the ways that he is greater than the angels. So we go to Ephesians chapter 1, this beautiful series of chapters uh, five chapters in all, where Paul shows how great Jesus is and the importance of Christ. Again, literally every verse from Ephesians 1, 1 to Ephesians 3, 21 is fabulous. But I'm going to read a few to you, and you enjoy the rest. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, chapter 1, verse 3, who has blessed us in, every, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Everything that you and I need to be blessed in this life has already been given in Christ. You don't need to go any further than that. In Christ, you have everything you need. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world, which is spectacular, that we might be holy and blameless before him. And so we are blameless, we are holy, we are righteous, we are in Christ, we are doing his will. We recognize how great he is, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, uh, John chapter 1, uh, 1 through 7, we see how great he is. In him you have been, obtained an inheritance, verse 11, having been, being, been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. In him you also, verse 13, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. It's a great thing to be sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is, verse 14, chapter 1, is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it when we pass away, to the praise of his glory. He's the guarantee of our inheritance, and when you get to heaven, you will have possession of it. Fabulous stuff. Chapter 2, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, verse 1, in which you once walked. All of us once walked in sin. Following the course of this world, there's the world. Following the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan. The spirit is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, your flesh. So we have the flesh, we have the world, and we have the devil. And then he says, verse 4, God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he has loved us. Remember I told you how merciful, loving, caring, compassionate God was. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming age he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. You have been saved by grace, verse 8. Through faith, this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no person can boast. No boasting. All gift, and it's all grace. Chapter 3. 
Paul says, uh, verse 7, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. So God works his power through us, and the, what, the message is the gospel, and it comes to us by grace, and it's the gift of God's grace that empowers people to share the gospel. But the content, the truth content, is contained in the gospel of Christ. You, set, you can't separate the gospel from Christ because the gospel is about Christ and how he saves us, okay? Finally, in chapter 3, verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Boy, we should bow our knees before the Father. There's lots of reasons to do so. From whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power. My prayer for all of us today. Strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, the inner part of you, inside, strengthened in Christ, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, the importance of faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, it's a great place to root yourself, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints which is the breadth and length and height and depth and know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Hard to get better than those verses. The strengthening of the Lord, the power of the Lord in your inner being. And so when you look at, and tra we transition to John chapter 1, which is on Sunday, we see the power of Christ in the beginning, in the great prologue of John. He was in the beginning with God. All things, verse 3, were made through him, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome the light. So the light of Christ is greater than darkness. And so this spectacular figure comes to us. And then he talks about John in 6 and 7 and 8. And then he goes to uh, 19 and 20, the testimony of John, who is he? And 29 to 34, John recounts for us, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the one that's coming. Epiphanas, the one that's going to appear he said, I'm not the one. They asked him if he was the one in 19. Who are you? I'm not the Christ. Who are you, Elijah? You're a prophet? The one that's coming after me is far greater. I can't even, t I can't even hold his sandals. He's so great. I baptize with water, but he is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen, verse 34 of chapter 1, and borne witness that this is the Son of God. And so... When Isaiah talks about the Son of God and the Messiah coming, and, and Paul talks about Jesus in Ephesians, and the writer of the Hebrews talks about Jesus in chapter 1, fabulous stuff. And, of course, John does it in his opening book uh, and opening chapter. All right, Mark. Now, what we're going to find in Mark, Mark is moving quickly, probably the first gospel written. And, and very quickly, if you look at Mark's gospel, you open up your Bible, you see that there's no infancy narrative. He just starts right in. Uh, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face. Where did you hear that? Where did you see that? Didn't, you see, didn't we see that uh, when we were looking at Isaiah chapter 40? All right, there's the verse. And the verse has come true. The verse, the prophecy has actually happened. Okay. And then he talks about John appearing. And then he talks about Jesus beginning his ministry and his baptism, and then remember I talked about the temptation. There's the temptation, verse 12. 
and he's going to begin his ministry in 14, which is what Epiphany is all about. He begins his ministry, and what you're going to see as you look through these verses is he begins his ministry. Here we go. He's got the calling of the disciples in 16 to 20. He heals the man with an unclean spirit. He starts right out of the bat, right out of the box, and he starts doing miracles. He heals many people in verse 29 of chapter 1. He immediately leaves the synagogue. He's teaching, so he's teaching them also. He heals Simon's mother-in-law, Peter's mother-in-law. And that evening at sundown, 32, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. He's healing people that are demon-possessed. The whole city was gathered together at the door. He healed many who were sick, and he cast out devils. Remember last week we were looking at John um, chapter 6, and he was walking on water, and he, he fed the 5,000, and he healed the person that was uh, the official son, and he healed the, the man that was at the pool in chapter 5. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, about this is what Jesus is, this is who he is, and this is what he's done. It's just astonishing. He continues to preach, so he's a preacher, he's a teacher, casts out devils, heals people, ministers to people, and he cleanses a leper at the end of chapter 1. In chapter 2, we have the healing of the paralytic, where he forgives this person's sins. Why do you question these things in your heart? Verse 9, which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven, arise, take up your bed and walk. But you may know that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive, on earth to forgive sins. Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he does. So this person not only can walk on water, not only can raise people from the dead, as we see in the Gospel of John in chapter 9. Um, chapter 11, in chapter 9, he's healing the blind man. Uh, he actually, and can heal and cast out devils, he can actually forgive sins also. So we have the calling of the first disciples in chapter 1. We have in chapter 2 the calling of Matthew. He says to him, follow me. He rose and followed him. So this man has tremendous power. He is questioned by the Pharisees in chapter 2, the second half of chapter 2, about fasting. And he talks about himself being Lord of the Sabbath at the end of chapter 2. And the beginning of chapter 3, he heals the man with the withered hand. So Mark is going boom, 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 boom. Here's one instance. Here's one story. Here's another story. Here's another story. Here's another thing Jesus did. Here's another thing that Jesus did. And he's not doing the same kinds of things. He's doing some preaching. He's doing some praying. He's teaching. He's casting out devils. He's doing nature miracles. He's rising people from the dead. I know we didn't cover that this time, but you'll see that later on in Mark. He's doing astonishing things. He's talking about himself. He's talking about the kingdom of God. And so I hope that you'll enjoy uh, Mark as we work through Mark together and see all the wonderful things that Christ is doing. I pray you'll have a good, excellent week of um, epiphany and think of it as Jesus is appearing. He's showing himself to you. You want to hear that. You want to think about that. You want to pray about that. You want to think about your relationship with Christ and how Christ makes a difference in your life and where you are with Christ. If there's any need to repent of your sins and be sorry for what you've done against Christ, then this would also be a good time to do that. Have a wonderful time of reading, of praying, of thinking, of reflecting on the scriptures and drawing closer to the Lord. We'll see you next week as we look into the scriptures for that week. God bless you abundantly.